1: with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today.
0: Hello and welcome to Scouser Tommy's and Anfield Index. I'm Jim Boardman and as always I'm with Jay Reed. And this is one that we're recording a few days after we've won the League Cup. We've won the Carabao Cup, or the Milk Cup, which would probably be a better name to give it, seeing as a lot of the people involved in the game couldn't actually drink anything stronger than that legally. I'm sure they found a way. But from what I can Gather, there wasn't that much celebrating done after the League Cup win over Chelsea, because what was left of the squad had to pick themselves up and play a few days later at Anfield in the FA Cup, and they did. They played well, they won 3 0, and Liverpool are now in the quarterfinals of that with a game against the Manx. Um, and of course, this is all just a bit of a rest from the league where Liverpool are still top. It's not, you know, as a Liverpool fan, it, you, you can't ask for much more than what we're getting at the moment. It's It's been an amazing season. As sad as it is that it's going to be clocks last season, it's still been an amazing season. It's turning into, um, you know, one that feels like it's getting better and better. Obviously, one game a time and all that. So we'll see what comes. But these last few days has been has been amazing. Um so many young lads getting games, so many of the young lads making debuts and are making, you know, getting more minutes than they have because generally speaking they've they've played games but only short cameos at times. Um you know, and this is probably at the business end of the season now. And these lads are getting involved and we needed them. Um we needed them at Wembley, we needed them at Anfield, and they stepped up to the task and We've seen plenty of kids play for Liverpool over the years. Some, you know, don't go on to make it. Some become huge names. It just depends, doesn't it? Not many become huge names. Um, One thing I can say is I've never seen a bunch of kids playing for Liverpool looking as confident as this lot have looked. It's been, um, you know, Connor Bradley was full of confidence when he started to break through. We've seen others be the same. And even at Wembley, you think when, of all the places to be allowed to be nervous, they just weren't. And, Jay, it's just been—it's been heartwarming, hasn't it? Just to see, not just that we've won things, but the difference the kids are making.
3: Yeah, um, you know, if you you're referencing Wembley victories and stuff like that, there was a famous old fellow who uh, lifted a couple of trophies there. Who famously said, "You'll never win anything with kids." <laughs> um, you know, and, and you know, it—it's—it's it's rattled a lot of people. But what it's done is, you know, it, it's. It's just sort of proven, as we've always said all, all along with this podcast. You know, like we're, we're we're a city, we're a team, we're people who may face adversity, um, but what we'll do is we'll we'll stand up and we'll give it our best shot. Um, and you know, we we, we said last week like, it would be nice and hopeful if a couple of the injured players could possibly make it back. And you know, if there was a sort of little bit of a a feeling beforehand when you see the teams albeit, um, you know, off hearing from someone else because you cannot get a signal down at Wembley if anyone can, you know, be in touch with the FA and possibly, you know, sort out the fact that the National Stadium has a severe black hole in, in signal and trying to get in touch with people is, is nigh on impossible. Um, so, you know, you're, you're sort of getting the team news via someone in the pub who's seen on Sky Sports outside or whatever.
0: You're um, not even talking about just in the stadium either, are you? No, no, it's, this it's is just,
3: this just in Wembley. Like, this is... I'm half a mile away from the stadium, it just seems to be a, a signal black spot. Um, You know, when you when you when you're in that sort of environments where you you're trying to find people you know, it, it it's not it's not ideal. It's probably the best way to put on it. But
0: maybe it's seven you know, five. We just put some like big blockers on because all these scouts are coming down to Wembley or something.
3: Yeah, well, I. You know, maybe you know the fact that the they, they shut all the alcohol supply in the in the off licenses off maybe they shut the signal off with them as well um you know just a just a note to the you know the the fact that they were, they're trying to funnel people into into bars and, and pubs um in and around the Wembley area but do you want a 10 pound you know fee just to get into a bar so you can buy a seven or eight pound pint you know and then all of a sudden they do wonder why there's thousands of people walking around with a you know a bag of cans as it would be yeah, yeah. or whatever um, you know, because you know you'd already been exploited for the fact of the the cost of getting down it, and your ticket money that they wanted to exploit you even more into the, you know, the the bars or whatever. Um, you know, just kind of sums up the the self really, in my opinion. It's not something that we'd have up here. It'd be open house, free for all. You know, it's called a free house for a reason. But um, well, we're getting slightly distracted there in terms of <laughs> in terms of what what we had. You know, we we, we were up against it. And you know, we've we've said that we we'll give it our we'll give it our best shot. And ultimately had we have you know been on the receiving end of the result in a in a negative manner, I don't think any Liverpool fan would have left that stadium. First of all, you know, without applauding, you know, the team off, you know, the Chelsea fans couldn't put the plastic flags in the back pocket quick enough and try and get the tube out of there. Um you know, didn't even have the time to to acknowledge the efforts of of what players they had there, even if they don't recognise them. You know, but the, but the Liverpool fans would have at least done that, um, and, and they would have he would have left with the t- team and the fan base of immense pride, um, because that that's the overall feeling I had on the day. It was like, I, I'm I'm proud of this team. I'm proud of, to be a Liverpool fan. I'm, I'm proud of the fact that you know we we were we were up against it in so many ways and that, that wasn't even just, you know, the injuries. Um, you know, there was many other factors which we can delve into but, but what we've seen on that pitch for every player who donned the red shirt and, and took the pitch and those who didn't, you know, there's there's many people behind the scenes who contribute to this Um, you know, and it, that goes down as far as the, the academy level and the fact that they produced these young men, you know, some of them probably still legally known as boys Um that are able to to go out there and, and give it give their all, you know, for, for the club that, you know, many of them are dads who were playing when I was younger. <laughs> um, and, you know, with, you you now could see yourself actually thinking, Jesus, some of these kids who are on the pitch now, I could actually be their dad, and the way the ages are working out, and that's quite frightening. But it was it was such an immense proud moment and and you know, it it's kind of been Mocked and overshadowed by by others at the fact that how Klopp said he was, you know, possibly his biggest and greatest cup victory, you know, when people like to just mock it. But the kind of thing is like I keep harking back to the the flag that was in the Craven Cottage in the semi final, and just imagine being us. <laughs> and and then there was another one that was up there in the in the uh, in the top of the upper tier, which was just we win cups, and it's two very bold scouts hockey statements are factually very true you know yeah. like other teams would would love to be us you know like you think of so many teams in in the country who would love the opportunity to be at Wembley and to win a trophy you know that i can think of one that's obviously not too far away from where we are um which would just love a trophy um you know when I just I heard last night via people who were at the game because I couldn't be there due to work was you know the the old rendition of you haven't won a trophy since 1995 which we we aimed towards the Blues which was rebranded into we haven't won a trophy since Sunday afternoon <laughs> um, you know just just a good old humour that the cop can produce on on moments um, like like we've seen this week
0: yeah I mean I saw I saw talking to them I saw a, a tweet someone put out um, and it was a picture of Jaden Dan's holding the league cup. And it said, um, last time last time Everton won a cup, Neil Dans was thirteen years old was a thirteen year old schoolboy. Uh, and then it says, by the way, this isn't a picture of Neil Dans, this is a picture of his son. You know, a Liverpool player on the pitch, his dad was thirteen. Last time Everton won a cup, which it says it says a lot about them, doesn't it? And you're right, they would they would love a trophy. They'd love to get near to a trophy. Um although I don't know but I mean let's let's just quickly talk about them while while we while we're on the topic. I mean um they must feel like they've won a trophy this week though as well. They've just had they just got given four points which I think is the more points they've had most points they've had in a week in in, in a decade probably um because the decision from the Premier League appeal board panel whatever they called was that um it was right they were still guilty of what they did and they put something like nine second with seven or nine appeal points in, and they got two of them were 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 given as yeah you you can have them, and so they redid the points and just took six off them instead of ten, which I'll be honest, looking at the table, I already thought they were pretty safe it would take some real sort of implosion on on their part you know to not be safe, but I think they've got to be safe now, which you know I mean the <laughs> That poor dog might even get a rest. It's it's that safe. It might end up being this season, just ends up being a one that just fizzles out into nothing for him.
3: Yeah, I mean just just looking back at Everton's form guide and unless you you're you're partial to Amsterdam, there's a lot of red um, seemingly on that form guide rather than green. <laughs> um but you know the the last victory that they had in the Premier League was the sixteenth of December. Um we record today on the 29th of February and this only comes around every four years but you know it kind of probably feels though Everton victories probably come around every four years as well <laughs> um you know and, and and since that time up until Saturday they've they've collected five points so in the time between the 16th of December and you know basically the weekend we've just gone at the 24th when they last played you know they, they collected more points on Monday or Tuesday afternoon whatever it was when the Premier League handed them back is what they had in in two months of football, which kind of shows just the, the level of football that they they're operating. At. Um but yeah, it, it it does probably mean that the are safe, you know. I think the the what now five points clear of Luton, um, you know, and unless you know they're, they're going to be slapped with another one, um, which is which is hardly possible. But then it also it puts forest um, or Nottingham Forest as the, the, the should I, should that yeah, the. Yeah, yeah. They want to be known as nothing, you know, they not not nuts. Um, we must we must add that. Um, you know, unless they they get a double whammy and they're hit with um another six points, which you know, if we're wholeheartedly honest with it, the 10 points did seem a little harsh, but it was just funny because it was them. Um, you know, clubs have gone into administration and, and being docked nine points and as they've always argued the only the only went over by nine or nineteen million, but you know you break the rules, you go over the limit, you go off the limit it doesn't matter whether it's one or a hundred million um so you know it, it probably was sort of a you know a, a negotiation game of we'll we'll give you ten but re- really we know you're gonna repeal it because that's what you're gonna do, and we'll all just agree that six pointers are fair enough hey, reasonable punishments, and we'll all shake hands and walk away. Um and given, you know, the calibre of the teams that come up and Luton have overachieved if we're honest, but Burnley and Sheffield United are absolutely woeful. Um, you know, the, the six points deduction would probably be enough to see Everton survive. Um and look, if they finish fifteenth this year and they've had six points taken off them, regardless of that six points taken off them, it's best than what they achieved last year. So so maybe it's worth a trophy, um in, in that regard that you know you finished higher in the league even though you were taking six points off us. Uh, maybe, maybe there would be a bus parade around uh, you know, North Wales or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just uh yeah, I just I was just thinking that on Monday when, when this came through, like they must be like they must as whatever date it was, I'm saying Monday. It's been a bit of a blur this week, but I can just imagine how how delighted they would have been and you know They're sort of hoping that does this get us on the front of the echo instead of that red shite and all of that. But um, it was probably tactically. (laughs) I'll go on. You know, Liverpool have won a cup. Just give
3: them something. You know, let's not have them whinging too much. Give them something on a Monday afternoon. Yeah, just to just to cheer them up.
0: Yeah, they're being like. I mean, there's no more pink card left for them to have another go. You know. Um, I mean, I do think. I mean, six points personally. I think. If, if that was, if that had been imposed at the time it happened, as in that season where it happened, then where would they have been then? I'm guessing they would have gone down, which, um, is probably the thing that needs to happen is that they said they're going to do it from now on. The, the decisions are going to be made in the season that, that the sort of, you know, you're going to get charged and you're going to get a decision all in the same season, which I think is the right way to do it. And then, if it affects where you're finishing the table in the season where you were up to no good type of thing then then fair enough um and maybe maybe that's where they've got lucky as well because i'm sure if they'd have had a six point deduction towards the end of last season it would have really um you know it, it could easily have upset them to the extent that they lost even more games than they did it could have just it just could have totally knocked them off um you know this time it worked as a rallying thing for them that they all sort of thought it's us against the world let's let's all Print the pink cards off. Let's, let's you know, let's let's try and make the most of this. Let's assume we're not going to get the 10 given back to us, and you know it worked well for them. There's no saying it would have worked that way last season, but I think six points is probably a, a fairly sensible deduction in terms of like if clubs keep doing it because it's also got to be a message. I mean, to me, it shouldn't happen again. We shouldn't, you know, Forest made the mistake this time. Everton have made the mistake two years running. That should be it. There shouldn't be any more clubs now doing this because it's sort of it's not like it's all done in one year. It's kind of evened out over three years as well. So you've got always got the chance to have like a, a mad year as long as you don't have three mad years in a row. So um, it shouldn't happen again. But if it does, I think six points is probably um, valid because that could be enough to see a team go down who was struggling. Or probably the idea it was originally made for, it could be enough to stop a team that's won the league from winning the league. Because generally speaking, it's that tight at the top. Um, You know, six points is enough to to stop someone winning the league, basically. So um but you know league that's not for us for now we've uh we've got a little minute just let's look back on on cups and um we'll go back to sunday i was a bit i don't know about you when you saw the team i was thinking it's okay i'm not i'm not bothered about this 11 um not some young lads in there, but the 11 that's there, they can do this. They can, they can get a result against Chelsea as long as we put everything into it. It's not going to be an easy game like it was last time we played them at Anfield. Um, but we can do this even with our team. My bigger worry was looking on the bench, just defenders basically out of sort of gnome faces on the bench was, you know, if it's not working out for us, we need, you know, we need to get the game done in 90 minutes is my main concern and ideally get it done well before the end of the 90 minutes. So. I just thought the last thing we need is extra time, but that's what we got. Um But I honestly thought, I mean, as that game went on, there was there were stretches where I just don't think Chelsea, I don't know, as if they were sort of sitting back and waiting for us and just hoping a bit later on that we'd be tired and they could counter-attack us. But I just, there, were time. there was one point, I think towards the end of the 90, I think I was thinking that it felt like we were on the ropes now and we needed that break. We needed that sort of full-time break just to sort of regroup, get some water down us, you know, have words, manager have words and so on. Um but other than that, it just felt like they were just just sitting back expecting us to die out. And we we just didn't. We just kept going and kept going and kept going. Even with the young lads who, as I just said earlier on, um, I mean, I think I compared it on Raw to when we played Villa in a semi under Brendan Rogers a few years back and we looked like we were as nervous as hell. And it just took us... I don't think we did settle into the game. We just looked so nervous, so overcome by the occasion and all the rest of it that it was it was weird to watch as it was just unlike Liverpool at the time because generally speaking we'd been so full of confidence in games um this time with the kids you'd expect maybe a bit of that but there wasn't a drop of it and I just think it says so much about this this whole group even when you're watching goal celebrations from um from last night's game you see they all get on well with each other like the kids are, are not sort of outsiders to this group they're part of it
3: I think this whole collectiveness is is down well, a lot of it is down to Klopp, but the fact that we now have all the teams at one facility, don't we? In in Kirby yeah. um, or the Axel, as as it's known, whatever. But it'll always be known as Kirby or the academy is used to be known to, yeah. to a lot of us, and you know it was the academy because that's where the academy were and and the first team were, you know, what six miles away or something down the road in in Melwood, which, you know, doesn't actually sound, to, to many people, you think six miles is nothing, but in the landscape of Liverpool, you know, you're, you're travelling from, you know, like right towards, like, one side of the city onto the outskirts of the other.
0: The lights, um, the lights from there to Liverpool, every set of lights is on red, no matter what time of the day or night you go and how busy it is, it's like you're waiting forever at lights, aren't you? It would take, t- yeah, you know, on, on a good, ju- good
3: journey, a good run, you know, you, you're looking at 20, 25 minutes to travel them six miles, which sounds ludicrous, but on a good day as well, yeah. You know, try try traveling now at rush hour, you know, you you're doubling the time, you're probably taking forty to forty five minutes to get from that area. Like if, if anyone has tried to get to Anfield on a match day and tried to come via you know the East Lanks or whatever, then it can be chaotic. Um, but you know the the whole setup now is under one roof sort of thing. And yes, you know, the academy's still there for the for the younger younger age groups but, you know like the under 18s and whatever and stuff they're all they're only in one facility now so it's you know it's, it's very possible as you know halves back to the old days of like Shankly and Paisley and whatever where you know if you you were a player short you just had a look over and said oh, we'll have this kid off this pitch he'll, he'll step in for us and all of a sudden you know you've, you've discovered a young talent so you've got there and you know the next thing is they're breaking through into the team and it. It sounds so simple, but you know, it's it's such an effective thing to do. And we we have been struck with injuries, so you you know you just think you know we're, we're a little bit light up top. So Jaden Dans was probably you know training with his with his age group, and you know Klopp's obviously give a phone call or whatever, and said like you know we we could do with a striker here to make the numbers up, and you know the academy's coaches well, yeah, have we are i will have a look at this kid. He like, he's doing well for us and. The next thing you know, he's rattling two in at the top end, and he seemingly just looks like he's been part of the squad all along. And you know, up until last week against Luton, unless you were aware of academy football, you know, the name Jaden Dans wouldn't mean a lot to many many fans. And um, you know that that goes goes along for for so many of these lads who broke through, and you know, we've seen. We've seen debuts last night for Kumas and Nayoni, wasn't there, who, who come off the bench and again, you know, the the names who, if you're au okay fait with what's going on in the academy or the the social media, you know, you might have seen a couple of these lads and goals that they've scored, you know, in front in front of what will be a couple of hundred people at max, and probably of them, couple of hundred, you'd imagine, you know, a proportion of them is is coaching team possibly scout some other clubs Family. and maybe the the parents and yeah. whatever, you know, and, and maybe someone's brought the dog around because they needed to get out the house for a bit and walk the dog. And then you know, you tossed them into a stadium of, what, was it 88,000 or something like that at the weekend and and it didn't face them. Like, it, it took them a couple of minutes, of course it did. When, when anyone comes on in that game you know, you, you could be the most seasoned professional and to step on in a cup final at Wembley you know, in a, in a tight game, you know, it is going to take you a few minutes to find your rhythm. But.
1: Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats to our signature edition mugs prints and coasters all provided with fast worldwide shipping we have something for every red we also stock official lfc merchandise and are licensed with the premier league and uefa to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches as a listener to this podcast you can get 10 percent off everything with coupon code ai pro 10 just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
3: Yeah, we, we, we hung on a little bit at the end, but the clock made them changes right before full-time, known quite well, you know, the fresh legs, the enthusiasm. We had nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain. And in, in the extra time period, you know, there the, the was only one team that did look like winning it. And, you know, as as the proof is in the pudding has come out in terms of what Pochettino said, they wanted pens. Like only one team wanted to win it in an extra time and that was us, and you know we we got our our just rewards for that. So it, it's such a such a good feeling to to win it in in, in such a manner, um, you know, because there there was sort of moments when we we did have to sort of back against the wall and and you know rely on the Irish fella in goal and the the lads who play at the back with more experience. But that that's a final. You ride your luck at times, but when you get chances and opportunities, you've got to take them and and they didn't, and we did, and and the way we'd done it just makes it ever so sweeter.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, there, there's another um, important thing to remember as well, I think, um, that might, I don't think it's had as much attention as it should have done, um, and that is, we've got this squad all season that, that has gone thinner and thinner and thinner and younger and younger and younger, and younger. Um, but that's just like, out of that squad, it's the 11 that go on the pitch, it's the 12th man um, that we always talk about, the cop or the travelling cop, and I think... On Sunday's game, it was shown more than ever how much better we are in terms of supporting our team. I mean, you've just mentioned about the bit at the end where the, the way it comes across to me is all the Chelsea fans are streaming out there before that, you know, it's done. I mean, I, and I get it. I mean, some people are going to be so downhearted. They can't face it now. And I get that some, some people are going to be like that. You're not going to have every seat full of the, you know, even if it was Liverpool had lost, you would not have every seat full of Liverpool fans right to the very very end and then the trophy list, but most like you say would have stayed behind to support you know to applaud their team and to wish them you know let them know we're still there for them and let them know we're still there for them in the next game that comes and all the stuff that's still to come this season and you know just show that you've got your backing for them. Chelsea as you say it feels like I don't know sort of the brat it's more like I don't know There's some football fans who, who feel, I think more like it's a product that they're going to enjoy. So it's like, I don't know, going to the cinema. It's like going, um, going for a meal or something. It's not, there's no passion in it for them for some reason. It's like, it's just all about the bragging rights and the boasting and who they can show off to with the mates at the stock exchange or whatever the next day. And it's, that's not, that's not what we're like. It's about the passion. It's about supporting the team. Obviously, we want to win things, hence the banners. We win cups and things like that. We want to win things. We love winning things. But the way we are is we support our team regardless, and we'll stick with them right till the end. And also, during the game, we'll be louder than the opposition. That is what we want to be. Um And on Sunday, that just hit me. I mean, I, I wasn't at the game. I had to go off what was on TV. But keeping in mind that more often than not, TV companies will try and balance the sound out from two sets of fans. Liverpool were coming across as louder all the way through the game. Um Chelsea have just got two songs. One's just got the word Chelsea, the other one's about Stephen Gerrard. Um they did we, did we just weren't as loud. We were just so much louder. And that's the thing, as they were saying with these these eleven lads on the pitch, and whoever they eleven are made up of, which is, you know, changing dramatically over the course of the season, they know they've got this twelfth man that's with them all the way through. And I'm sure we said we expected it. It felt like there were more of us than there were of them. In the ground,
3: and oh yeah, it's passion as
0: well. You know, it's not plastic flags. The flags we had were what people made themselves. But
3: that—that's one thing I noticed actually at the ground. Like, I'm fortunate enough where my position was was right behind the goal, sort of thing. You know, in amongst the what people would say is the the hardcore sort of fans. Yeah. You know, like that's where that's where the you know the it's like being in the in the cough really the, in yeah. the, in, the, in the middle of it all where all the song starts and stuff. But you know, in a stadium that big like at Anfield, you know, songs can start at the Upper Annie and the Upper Main or whatever and they reverberate round, but that's such a huge, huge stadium and the acoustics, and once it gets going, it does sort of swirl around the stadium and, you know, yes, your hearing's a bit muffled in terms of, you know, to hear Chelsea fans at all when they're so far away, you know, it's quite hard when you're, you know, surrounded by Liverpool fans, but at no point did I hear them. You know, the only time we sort of noticed them was when they were waving the plastic flags. But what we did notice was when you looked up around, you know, the Liverpool end, you know, there's three tiers to Wembley. And between the tiers, it was just surrounded by flags, like proper proper flags, not your plastic, you know, corporates given out by some fella in a wheelbarrow outside the ground, <laughs> because that's what you that's what you get if you're a Chelsea fan, you know, you your, your programme... You know your jelly deals and your and your plastic flag or something like that on the way in. Um, these are all you know proper genuine flags and and we covered the whole end, upper upper tier, middle tier. You know, like there was just flags everywhere, and we counted along their end and they had nine, nine <laughs> flags <laughs> along, along the whole Chelsea end. And what is supposed to be, you know, thirty four thousand or something like that fans they brought and
0: they brought nine flags. Um, you know, it's a long and, way and you couldn't them carry them, isn't it? They got a long way to travel. You
3: know? Oh yeah, I mean, carrying a flag across the tube must be horrendous, <laughs> you know.
0: Um,
3: but we covered, you know, any sort of any sort of space we could put a flag. We did, um, you know, and and again, like
0: this team's come to Anfield visiting me more than nine flags in the Annie Road end, isn't there? You know, it's just yeah, yeah. They, I mean. Albeit they'll probably be all St George's crosses St. and all George's that, St George's crosses you know, or Union Jacks with some BMP stuff on, sometimes. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah the usual tripe, but you know, at least at least they're trying. You know, yeah. they're trying to create some sort of fandom. But yeah, that that was one thing we noticed. But I think what what you you rightly refer to was uh, as good as the fan support was that that moment in extra time when I think we we belted out a layer, layer, la for about three or four minutes straight. And every verse, it just seems to get louder and louder wow. and louder. And it was like, that for me was the Istanbul moments, you know, when, yeah. you know, it was you never walk alone and it was belted out and it was like, you know, we're here, which is no matter what, like 3-0 down, half-time Istanbul, you know, you're not alone out there. You know, we, we've all come this way as well, you know, and we'll, we'll make sure we do our damnest to make sure we, we get something at least to remember the game by and, the fact that we had put a lot of inexperience out there at this point, and it was like, well, well, how, how can we show that we're with these lads? Um, I know we we'll we'll sing the song that we made famous in England. You know, because you know it's it's famous in other parts of the world, but we made that song famous yeah. in England. England, you know, as an institution, football has got many clubs. You know, which, which look to us. for for inspiration in terms of you know how to be a fan and they won't admit it but they do and you know the biggest form of of imitation you know it it, flattery sorry is imitation and and that's what they do they copy our songs they copy our sort of fandom um and and no one really does it like we do because you know it's often mocked and there was times last night when you know the usual where's your famous atmosphere and is this a library got belted out and but, you know, what, half of our voices are still recovering from Sunday. Yeah. Um, and where's your when it original was the songs? Are or you coming
0: here saying, where's your atmosphere and all that? Like, Why don't you make your own song up? Everyone sings that same shit song. Like, make your own song up about yeah. shit atmospheres instead of just copying someone else's.
3: The, the only... Yeah, I, I'll get, get to it in a separate. Like, <laughs> there's, there's other teams who, who have got some originality in songs and they, and they will come and they'll try, but a lot of it tends to just be rip-offs of others and there's so many clubs who you know, Arsenal have tried to rip off a lay and Wolves and um I think West Ham have had a go at it as well and stuff like that. And when when it's done proper and it's done by us, it's it's different class and different level. The only thing I I will have a go at I've seen it today, like about um Klopp saying last night about Liverpool fans sort of shoot at Gomez.
0: Oh, we, we said need, it last we, week, didn't we?
3: Just stop it. Like yeah. it and I I had a couple of tweets back from people going, Oh here we go, you know. The Kopites trying to you know police fans on how to support the club. It's it's not about that. It's just it's a very very small, not minded mind of football mentality for me. You know, like, yes, he hasn't scored the goal. He's fully aware of it. You know what I mean? But shouting shoes, you know, like it just it just sounds so lower league. And then like imagine the next thing, and they like when the keeper's going to take the goal, he have Gomez's miss one over the bar, going whoa... It's not what we Uh do. No, we don't want that. Yeah, we we've got a bit more class about us in terms of what we do and support. And I think Gomez will get a goal this season. I genuinely do. And it'll be, you know, I'm hoping it'll be a company esque. You know, a couple of years ago when he when he smashed one in from 35 yards to to sink our hearts and win the league for City. I don't think he'll be doing it from 35 yards. But it'll be a goal that comes at a crucial moment in a crucial game. But I think it's just gonna it's gonna hit him. Like, you know, I can I can see a corner comes in, Van Dyke heads it back across and it sort of hits Gomez on the leg and it goes in because it, it he's redirected it ever ever way um towards the goal or you know, a, a sort of a, a tapping scenario where a ball falls and he he swings the leg out and it goes in. I think Quantas scored one like that earlier on in the season and and, and that's when the ultimate let off will be. You know that that's that's when it'll happen. Not None of this, you know, shoots from thirty five yards and he smashes one into nearly the upper tier of the Annie Road. When you know it's that high up these days, if he's doing well to get one up there, but that's the only thing we need to need to sort of jib off as the fans because
0: we're better than that. It is, and I I I mean the I can kind of I say it right. We I remember this happening at football matches like decades ago that you'd have this sort of stuff, and it'd usually be a very sarcastic shoot about a player who never scores goals when you're already 4-0 up or something, you know. And it was an occasional thing. And that's the other part to it. It's like everyone thinks they're funny, but like jokes stop being funny when you've heard them over and over and over and over and over again. And that's just going more and more and more. I just don't... You know, just, just have a word with yourself. Just have a listen to yourself and have a think about what you're doing. And I agree. I mean, I think if, if Gomez scores a goal, it won't be that far away. It's going to come. It might be one of the most vital goals of the season, but the chances are it be off his ass or something after a bit of a scramble from a corner or something. Um, no one will have had a chance to say shoot. And will they still keep saying it after that? I don't remember us saying even that about Rob Jones. I mean, it's going back a while maybe we did. I don't remember us doing that for him. Um, the only time I remember it like sort of being half funny was
3: Carragher's final game. And he smashed one against QPR off the post. You know, he was he carried the ball from roughly the halfway line and got to about yeah. 30 yards. Was, you know, it was a like, shoot, go on, have a shot. And, and he did, and he did the post. <laughs> and it was like, oh, well, that, that, that actually, that was was nearly in. And it was just sort of, a, it wasn't the, you know, the whole ground, shoot. Yeah,
1: just so a, it was yeah. more
3: of a, go on, have a shot, go on. Go on, yeah. we dare you. Like it wasn't sort of a, a collective, we want you to shoot. It was like, go on, we dare you to do it. Um, and he did, and you know he, he nearly scored. Um, but you know that was sort of a the sarcasm thing. Where now it's 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 bordering on very much desperation for me.
0: Yeah, didn't wasn't the one? Wasn't there a spell as well where Chabulonzo would sort of get the ball in the center circle and we'd have like yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, again, no when one really meant from the halfway. Yeah, no one meant you. It was it was just a joke, you know. let you know, just a little joke, nothing else. It's just oh, I don't know. He just feels like. It feels like when you're watching someone else's club and you laugh at them, now it's us, it's just some of us. Um, I just totally stuff, and it's getting louder, isn't it? Um, yeah. It was annoying enough when you're watching on TV and the commentators instantly say, Joe Gomez has never scored for this. Shut up. We know. Um, talking to commentators last night, TV commentator, co-commentator. I know Guy loves him, but it was Ali McCoist, Um, and I can't think Sam Matterface. And it's just like, God, It's like, you know if you're ever trying to watch something on TV and you've got visitors that come round and you're trying not to, like, I don't know, you try not to be ignorant, but they know that you want to watch this thing on TV that you need to watch and it's live or whatever. And then they're just, you know, nattering away at the side of you all the way over the top of the whole thing. And you think, for God's sake, you're up. <laughs> it was like that, but it was a common Um I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not normally like that. If there's something on TV and we've got visitors, I will pause it, switch it off, do without it or whatever. But, you know, every so often... um you just get that don't you know just people like just shut up i'm trying to watch this except they were on the tv um and the thing that why i think the most about ali mccoy is every single thing that happens is followed by should have scored uh, has to score um needed to do it this way needed to do it that way. he's the expert on everything that's already happened um it just it started to wind me up but the the game itself, I mean, primetime TV. I wonder if, wonder if ITV were a bit gutted when they saw the lineup as well. You know, ITV won primetime TV, Liverpool match on TV, just won a cup, and it's basically the kids. Um, I don't know. I think, I think if, if they were thinking that way beforehand, I think they got another good game. Um, I mean, I didn't have the high heart rate notifications that I got on my watch on Sunday, but, um, it, and, you know and that's the other thing as well i'll say this sunday you know you're playing against a team that on paper is decent a team that's much better than it has been it must be much better than it has been um the collective individuals are better than what the whole groups become but so you know you, you're gonna have your heart in your mouth at times especially at nil nil especially when the var are ruling out goals for reasons they don't rule out the same sort of goal three days later from man united you know um you wonder what's going to happen but I would say, like, against Southampton, I didn't... Even though they had chances, I didn't remotely feel worried. I thought, we've got this. <laughs> and it feels weird. It's not very often I get that way. Because I'm a bit too much of a pessimist at times. Like, I'm a hopeful pessimist. You know, I'm a... Um, I am I do not sort of sit back and arrogantly think we're going to win games because I know what we're like and we can mess things up. But... um it felt again same pattern last night 20 minutes first 20 minutes give them a bit of a chance whatever happens first 20 minutes nothing much going from us then after that we just kind of start sorting things out i mean we didn't have a shot on target till right near the end of the first half but i don't know i don't think i don't know i think i just even like with quiz i think he had everything covered you know they hit the post once but even that i thought well i think the goalie had it covered and again he let's let's mention keller in goal i mean we're, I think we're going to have a, a job to hold on to him because he, he's proven in this little run he's had that he's too good to be sitting on a bench every week.
3: Yeah, I think, yes, well, last night's game was kind of very reminiscent of, of Sunday, probably 75 minutes onwards till the end of extra time in terms of, you know, on Sunday we, we did look a bit gassed yeah. um, and we were, we were running an M C and rightly so, you know, like we we basically had to go to the well and keep digging. Um, in, in, in some case, cases, you know, you think of the likes of Diaz and Elias who could barely walk um, yeah. by the time the game had finished. But, you know, we, we pushed on and, you know, I'm kind of thinking like the 75-minute mark on Sunday where Chelsea had a couple of chances, you know, and and Helleher, you know, kept us in it. You know, a couple of big saves, um, none more so than the one-on-one versus, versus Gallagher, which was... Very Allison esque, yeah. um, and, and and I've often been a little bit critical of Kelleher in terms of his stature within the goal. He doesn't he doesn't feel as imposing as Allison, and it's very hard to be as imposing when you you know not Allison Becker. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I do feel as though Kelleher for the keeper, can make himself small in terms of how he presents himself, how he holds himself, how he carries himself, and. At times he he can rush out and sometimes he can appear small where Allison, you know, can appear a lot bigger than what he actually is. You know, and and maybe maybe it's a confidence thing. I'd imagine possibly so that you know he's had this run in, in the team in the last few weeks. And you know, listening to Guy, uh, Lisa, and Carl last night on on road this morning when I was walking the dog and they were saying, you know, like it's it's something that's never barely afforded for goalkeepers. You know, a player can come back from injury or can, you know, get a little run of the team. And see, you know, he's, he's he's not match fit, you know, so we can we can allow him two or three games, you know, to, to sort of find his form and whatever. But with a keeper, it's, you know, you're tossed in and you're expected to perform. And, and in the case of him, you know, he, he can be tossed in for the game and we don't see him in him for four weeks, five weeks or whatever because he mainly features in the cup, which, you know, it's got to be really hard. But as, as this little run of games has gone on for him, you know, you think back to probably when it started with Fulham in the semi-finals, and he was questionable a, a couple of times. And you think, well, he's just finding his feet, isn't he? And he's just getting in, as Klopp's favourite word, he's getting in rhythm. Yeah. Um, and thank God he is in the rhythm because he saved us, you know, on more than one occasion across the two games that we've had. And I do feel as though. You Know Ali McCoist could if he could have put a Southampton shirt on and had Ricky Lambers on the back, he would have tried last night. <laughs> um, you know, and, and he, he probably would have resembled a Ricky Lambert performance at times at Anfield had he had done so. Um, but he couldn't cream over Southampton anymore because it felt like he was desperate for the cup upset. Because as you say, you know, the, the, the stellar Liverpool team went out and the opportunity knocked for, for Southampton to get a result at Anfield and, and shocked the carabao cup holders and stuff. And as it turned out, you know, we we sort of had a few wobbly moments and, you know, players playing out of position, players playing the first game, players playing with other players in the likes of midfield who've never played in midfield before. You know, it was it was disjointed um, and there was a lot of factors. And had we had gone in at half-time, 1-0 down, there'd been no complaints from the downfield faithful um, because, you know, we were a bit all over the place. We rolled our luck, but we, we got our chance and we took it. And then what we did in the second half, as I said earlier on before we started recording, you know, I only seen snippets of the game while I was in work. But from what I did see, the second half was was mainly played, you know, in the Southampton end of the field in terms of we were on the attack a lot. Yeah. Um, we created chances, you know, and arguably could have had
2: more on the night. And Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week and then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: We, we brought a lad off the bench who you, you had nothing to lose in Jaden Duns and, you know, puts one away, kind of that Glitchesk against Bruges, you know, like running through <laughs> on the keeper dinks him nicely. And then, you know, finds his inner Diogo Jota in terms of follow-up with shots, steam past the defender and, and rifle at home. And, you know, that these things are really positive to see and, you know, it, it 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 gives you that little bit of, again, real pride moments in the fact that had we have lost last night, nobody would have had anything bad to say about no. Klopp, about Liverpool because, you know, backs against the wall in terms of what we've got available, just come off a really exhausting cup final, you know, and hugely, hugely young and inexperienced team, you know, in, you use that in both methods of the word, you know, young as in like Harvey Ellis is still 20, but playing over the hundred games. But at the same time, you know, Conor Bradley is the same age and he's playing as, what is it, 16 for parents or something for Bull in, yeah. In all competitions, and um, all those
0: numbers that they give as well, which how many how many parents he's had? A lot of them as well. Have only had like like ten minutes subs. at the end of a game and thing, haven't they? You know, it's not. Subs.
3: Yeah, like do the minutes on them. You know, like it it you know it, it it feeds into what narratives and arguments people want to put out there. You know, like the whole I had I had it Monday morning. You know, you you won it with kids. They just yeah. Well, come your average age was was older than Chelsea's, I and mean, that's because we got you know three lads. In the 30s, who started Mm. the game, you know, in in Endo, Van Dijk and Robertson. And then we finished the game with Van Dijk and Endo on the pitch, plus Joe Gomez, who's late 20s, you know, and a couple of others who skewed it. So, you know, had Thiago Silva been playing for Chelsea, I'm sure they would have skewed the figures in other ways. But, you know, facts and stats to to back up your eye, whatever, um, go on appearances. (laughs) Um, But, as I say, it, it... it's such an, an immense pride feeling of what we've got, and it. It. I'm sort of sat here today thinking, is Darwin Nunes going to get in the team at the weekend oh. if he's fit? Yeah. Is, is, where's most Where's Mo Salah playing? I mean, Mo, yeah. Mo Salah's going to probably come in if he's fit, because Harvey Elliott is what five foot nine, but looks like he's five foot two at the moment because he's literally he's ran himself into the
0: ground yeah. that much. <laughs> Um, he had little legs to you start know, with, but I'm sure his legs are like at least at least six inches shorter. now. He's he he got, got like the week.
3: Jordan Pickford syndrome on his legs. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> his legs seem to be getting shorter as it goes on. Um, but you know, like the, there's genuine questions now. Like thinking, yes, obviously, first team players are likely to come in, but we might still be a bit light on the bench. But if we've seen some of the names who we've seen over the last two games on the bench, you know, the likes of McConnell, the likes of Clark, you know. He, we were overlooking and I think it was mentioned actually, you know, by, by Ali McQuist last night. Quanta's only in his first season at Liverpool yeah. at a first team level, you know,
0: and and, and Ali mcquist wouldn't have heard of him this this time last season. Ali McCoy's had never heard of his, his name.
3: And it was either I'm gonna say it was McQuist, it could have been, you know, Sam Shut Your Face or whatever his name is. Um I'd said, like, you know, and we got the you know, the, the experience of Quanta and Van Dijk at the back and I like, hang on a minute. Quanzer's experience—he's he's played 20 odd games. So you know he was playing for Joey Barton at Bristol Rovers last season. It doesn't get much worse than that. You know that the lad has literally broken through this year. Um, so you know tagging him with experience just is laughable. But if, if Quanzer was to start the weekend, we'd have no fears. If Bradley was to start the weekend, we'd have no fears. If McConnell or Clark are, are going to get a space in midfield, we'd have no fears. If we were really short up top. And you've got Lewis Diaz one side, and you know a, an eighty percent most the other of Jaden Dans up top. You've got no fears because that—that's what these lads have given us. They've given us a pride and a, and a feeling of you know they'll go out there and they'll give everything for the share because that's what we'd do if we if ever we had the opportunity in life to don that share and play for Liverpool, you'd give everything, and that's what they're doing, and that's what we'll always
0: ask for. Yeah, and I think. Um, like we'd do it because we're Liverpool fans born and bred and you do everything you could. I mean, a few people have said that to me. If, um, you know, if he, he, that you do everything. But the thing is, the other bit to add to that is the Klopp's getting them to play. So even the lads who aren't lifelong Liverpool fans, it's the way Klopp just gets them to play so well. he, he he's an amazing motivator. It's mad to think we had to get that external guy, that, um, chimp. Paradox, whatever whatever his name is, that uh, Dr. Steve Peters a few years ago to kind of motivate the squad. Klopp is an amazing motivator. I don't know, I don't know what he does. I don't, you know, I don't know if he's. I think it's just a natural thing from him. I think he's just naturally a, a brilliant motivator, and he gives people belief. And I agree. I think these young lads. I think honestly, if we've got to last game of the season, let's. I don't know if it's going to be the last game the way things move around, but say we make it to the Europa League final, last game of the season, everyone. No no more games to worry about. Everyone can give everything to this one game and have the summer off. You'd kind of expect, if everyone's fit, for it to be like Mo and, and Diaz and Nunez up front. You'd expect it to be Ali in goal. You'd expect it to be uh, Canate and Van Dijk in the middle and so on and so forth. Trent, right back, Robo left back, whatever. But any any single one of those positions, and the ones that missed out in midfield, any single one of those positions, I feel like we've got... Decent options in every single position now that we maybe didn't think we had before um I mean we, we might come on to about something else Klopp said in a minute you know when we sort of started the season we we probably could have all picked a decent start in eleven, but the worry was going to be how were we going to get through the next few months, how are we going to cope as you know the the pitches get heavier and the games get thicker and faster, you know how we're going to cope with all of that and I suppose if you've been really critical, you might say, well, we were lucky the kids were okay, weren't we? I don't think that's the case. I think Klopp maybe knew how good these kids were and that if it got to a point where, like in that COVID season, when you're going through your first team and you're having to find players to move out of position. I mean, th- this this injury crisis is worse, I think, than the COVID time, but we've got so much more quality that can come in. Um Even Joe Gomez playing in midfield, I mean, there was a little bit of criticism about it, but... I think I don't think he's ever played there before. I don't remember him playing there before in that position. He did okay. I'm no doubt he can do better. And what he did well as well was he was, you know, he was like an old head amongst the young kids, just just giving them the encouragement that they need as well. You know, got Van Dyke. Um I mean the thing I was thinking about is it got all these kids, Van Dyke's like the dad, you know, you know, and then Klopp's like the granddad on the side. But um they're all just playing with such enthusiasm. And as you say, we've got options in every single position. I don't think Clot would um you know, would say to Darwin you can't start because Jaden's beat you to it at this stage. But what I think it definitely does is if Darwin's sort of like 80% fit, there's not going to be we better just play you with 80% fit than Darwin because we're so short of players, you know. It's not gonna be like that. It's not gonna be um and there there was an element that last night. I mean, McAllister was on the bench, clearly run himself into the ground as well at the weekend. He was on the bench, came on later because I think Klopp knew with what he had that he could afford to do that. And I think this might be what happens now as the season goes on, maybe um, that we might see some of the young lads keeping the places when there's an older head on the bench who's almost ready to go. And Klopp thinks, well, let's just let's just ease them in. And that's another thing that it's given us because um, they're, all, they're all homegrown. They're not going to count as... Um, numbers in the squad, you know, when you've got to have so many homegrown players and stuff, the young players, so they, and even when they get over the certain age, they'll be still be classed as homegrown. So it just gives us so many options. But then the summer's going to come and we're still all going to get caught up in the hype over the transfer window. Even though we don't know who's going to be the sporting director that's going to be looking after it, if there's going to be a football director as well as a sporting director, who the manager is going to be that the players are going to be bought for. Um, and Klopp won't be around for the next transfer window, but he had something interesting to say last night, didn't he? Um, which I think was a message to the people who just, I mean, we did it to some extent, but there's people who just lose it over the transfer window. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I like, don't, don't
3: forget on these lads and he's right. Um, you know, we're going to need like realistically between now and the end of the season, we're going to be playing every three days or four days, depending on how fixtures pan out. You know, we've, We've progressed in the FA Cup, which now means the derby has sadly moved from That'll Paddy's move. day to, to somewhere later on in the season, which, you know, we'll, we'll delight them. Delight the Ever, Evertonian faithful that, you know, they've got to play us when possibly we might have Jota back, we might have Allison back, we might <laughs> yeah. have Trent back. Um, you know, Salah's a boss like Darwin could all be fit and fine. And, um, you know, you never know. Thiago might even get a place on the bench. Or Bassetich might revive himself from... You know his sabbatical year or whatever he's been doing. Seems um, like
0: Thiago's moved his way way down the pecking order now, though as well. You know, mad. <laughs>
3: um, so you know that 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 game like could be slotted in like at some mad point, like three days before the last game of the season, something like that. You you just don't know.
1: No.
3: Um, you know, we we haven't even touched yet on the on the Europa League, which starts again next week. Um, so we're going to need. We're gonna need these boys and yeah, I, I agree, like, you know, we we might be we might be looking at times where, you know, we let let's just look ever so slightly ahead next week to the Europa League and the fact that we've got Sparta Prague, um, which I imagine the traveling cop will be absolutely buzzing with. You can't can't find a much nicer city to go and visit than Prague in Europe
0: for an away day. Yeah. Um and there's cheap you yeah, know, if you know where to look apparently as well. So
3: Oh yeah. Um you know i've I've only done a fleeting visit to Prague, but i have definitely going back but <laughs> um you know we we played them on Thursday night at quarter to six UK time um you know we we touched on this last week because we we were speaking before the draw was made and we wanted a, a handy tie in terms of you know travel time yeah, um you know we didn't want to be going to to Karabag in Azerbaijan or you know somewhere way out west or east or whatever. Um, you know, so a couple of hours they'll be back in Liverpool just after midnight or something like that, um, on Thursday slash Friday morning. So at least he can get get back home and have a recovery day Friday and they got Saturday and then they got Sunday against City. Um but squad management is going to come into play and if it's the case that, you know, McConnell has to start against Sparta Prague so Alexis can can rest and be on the bench and maybe just do half an hour at the end or, you know, as you mentioned, with Dan's and Nunez or, you know, Kwanzaa has to come in so can yeah, I say like, can, yeah, can step out for I game. can have half a game it's like last night, yeah. Yeah, you know, if we've just got to be really smart and do that, then, then we're absolutely fine with it because we, we feel confidence in, in the lads' ability to step in and, you know, we we have, we, we have a lot of injuries but we've we've got players who can step in, and you know we've not got two players for every position. But what we've got is we've got an option. We've got like, we've got an option pretty much for for every position, or we can we can juggle things about. And yes, we might be a little bit thin in experience and whatever. But what these have proved over the last few days is they can do it, and and it's going to be about that. It's going to be about squad management and ensuring we can get through because this this could be a memorable season on so many levels. You know, and and people will moan, oh, you know, Liverpool could play sixty odd games this season. But if you're not happy to play sixty odd games, then you know, go and support Crystal Palace. who will probably play forty two games a season, and that'll be the first in the league, and maybe a couple in the domestic cups, and that'll do them. You know what I mean? Where do you for for the sixty game season? As much as it might be a slog, if if you're playing sixty games a season, you're probably getting to finals, and you're probably winning a trophy or two along the way. And that's what we're all about. So, you know, it's a case of just get on board and enjoy the ride because that, cause that's what we're here for, I think. You know, it's it, it's relentless. It can be hard work, you know, as much as it can be for the fans and the players, but the rewards at the end and the memories that you create, I think, are, you know, you can't
0: put a price on them. I know, and I think as well, I think, you know, playing too many games and stuff, it is. I get, I get what people say with that, and I mean, it's obviously knackering for, for the coaching staff because they don't rotate themselves a Bell. Klopp occasionally sticks pep out on the press conferences and stuff. But, you know, on the whole, it's, it's sort of all those games are playing in a season, but, you know, you've got to look at the start of the season with that as a possibility. And I think if you can draw on your youth ranks, then it means you're not going to go spending loads of money on players who, if you have a bad season, might not play many games. Cause obviously, you know, if we if we'd have gone out this summer and bought enough players so that we didn't have to use a single, uh, academy lad this season, for example. Bought all of those players. We'd have probably been in trouble for the um whatever they call ffp nowadays. We'd have been in trouble um in terms of squad numbers, how many you can have in squads and things, because all these young kids count as extra. Um but also we we could well have ended up where they were all sitting th- kicking the heels all the second half of the season because you know you can soon be out the League Cup. You can go out the FA Cup straight away like Arsenal did against us. Um you might not make it into the second half of the season in the European games. And all of a sudden, these extra players are there and you're playing once a week and you think, you know, we didn't need them. But you've got to be prepared that that could happen, that you're going to need them. And I think having the youth plays around for us this season, it's been like out of necessity as much as anything, but it's been great to have them. And I just think, you know, maybe that's something that rather than moaning about the number of games you played, maybe... What football needs to do is say, right, we're not going to change those. Let's be realistic. They're not going to reduce the number of games. I still think it's mad that they've given us like a week off or you know a, a sort of tie match week off um in the europa because we did so well we didn't need to play in that last round um I'm surprised that happened because that's a game missing but they're not going to reduce the number of games because it's all revenue you know how many games you can sell to sky for the premier league and to bt for the premier league and for broadcasters around the world for the premier league they're not going to suddenly say yeah we'll pay you the same amount of money if you reduce the league to say 16 teams and so you can play fewer games. They're still, they're not going to want to pay as much money because they aren't going to be able to show as much football. Um, the league cup, it's not a massive amount of revenue, but my God, can you imagine if we hadn't had that? I mean, what we would not have had Sunday if someone had decided, right, we're going to stop any European teams playing in Europe. You don't need to be in the league cup anymore. Um, you know, we're going to drop it too many games for the sake of saving you probably half a dozen games in a whole season. Um, there there are a lot of games it is mad even being a fan even doing fan media at times it can be mad you know no sooner if you get over one game and you're prepping for the next so you can imagine what it's like for the players but that's the reality we know that's the case we've just got to accept it players have got to accept it fans managers everyone and then if ever there's an argument for keeping the same number of games but maybe putting something in place to allow more youth players to get involved this is it I mean there was talk a few years ago when we were increasing the number of subs on the bench that you to put a rule in place that at least two of them have to be, you know, um academy age. Academy graduates. Yeah. Exactly. Um which I don't think's a bad thing to do. Um there's no harm in it. Even if they don't end up getting games, it's still getting match experience. And if people do it right, then there might be games where they get on for the last five minutes and just have a bit of a taste. Um But the players we had last night, they've had. I mean, some of them have not had a taste. You know, there was debutants there. Um, Some of them have had the taste. But the thing is, they've been in and around this first team. Um, And there's just so many players. It's just... I can always remember Pepe Reina didn't get involved much with Spain, but he was, like, considered a vital part of the World Cup squad because of what he did. And a lot of the young players have had that this last few days, seeing the more experienced players still being involved, um, you know, some of them in boots or on crutches or whatever, but all of them involved in some way and being around, especially at, at Wembley. And um, I think one of the one of the many many good images from Sunday. I don't know if you saw it. Um, the, the video was meant to be a Potticino with his head in his hands, but then behind him you've got Dom and Darwin just hurtling over any obstacle in the <laughs> way to get on there and celebrate. And they are injured.
3: Wow. You know, I, I was trying to find if there was any sort of odds going on on Darwin to run the Grand National, Um <laughs> given the way he was handled on them fences and barricades. you know, he wouldn't do a bad running running job around entry. But um, just just on you know the games, you know and the amount of games of maybe one thing he could look at, and it might might actually want for once come as a blessing is international breaks. You know, we've got an international break in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um Maybe a blessing for us in terms of you know it'll be a week or so without football domestically where we could possibly make maybe get a player or two back, um, you know in in terms of fitness. But England have got an international versus Brazil friendly, international friendly versus Belgium three days apart, you know, and this is on the back of a couple of friendlies last year against um, Australia and Scotland. To me. We all know our feelings on international football and and the England team, especially. It's it's pretty much meaningless. So there is no need for those friendlies to be played right now. You know, in the middle of the season when when players are you know at times running on empty. Yeah. You know why why not why not allow that week for you know there, there can be there'll be no games played that midweek or something. Let's just say you know I, there'll be no European competition football, no domestic cups. It's literally, you know, you, you'll play Saturday, Sunday and you'll play the following Saturday, Sunday and it allows a good five, six days of recovery time for for players, managers, you know, coaching team to so all we'll possibly have a day or two off and, you know, rest and recuperate because then, you know, for those teams who are chasing numerous cups like we are, you know, the, the running is relentless and even then, after that, you know, the, the season finishes...
4: allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
3: You know, domestically, um, in the middle of May, but you know, we, we could then continue on up until I think it's the... 23rd or something like that, the Europa League finals, and then the, the Champions League final is the weekend after that. Yeah, you know, But but straight away the following week, England, Bosnia in a friendly, England, Iceland in a friendly. Do you know what I mean? And, then, yeah. and obviously I'm just referencing England because that's the, the nation that we're unfortunately living within at times. Technically. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all our players or the majority of our players will be called up for international duty because, you know, they represent... Good international countries, um, and and you know you're pushing them to the brink, and then you know shortly following that does the European Championships and whatever. It it is relentless. Yeah. But I, I, these international breaks in the middle of the season, you know, I've I've not missed them. It might come as a blessing, as I say, in terms of injuries, but it's not needed. You know, England don't need to be playing Brazil other than the vanity of you know the FA putting a few quid in the coffers. Um, yeah, chance, probably, for London,
0: chance for London fans to boo any Liverpool players that might be playing. That's the usual thing, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and and hopefully there isn't. You know, when it, it could be a blessing that Curtis Jones has got injured and might not feature, and hopefully you know Joe Gomez doesn't go. Um, you know, Trent Alexander Arnold isn't going to go for England. Allison isn't going to play for Brazil because um, he get a he get a hell of abusive. You know, he was on the Brazilian team just because he plays Liverpool, but it'll give a. You know, 90,000 80, eighty-eight, ninety thousand so-called fans to to go and display a different type of fandom in, in the national stadium rather than what you know the thirty-five, forty thousand Liverpool fans that did at the weekend.
0: Um, they might as well play legends games if they want to just make money out of stuff. For, you know, in between games, like they might as well, like Liverpool have the legends game on, don't they? Um, which we talk about because Sven, um is going to be part of the the, the management of Liverpool. You know. If you want to fill a stadium, and you think you can get get some legends, England against Scotland or something, you, England against France, legends, you put some work in, make some, do some organizing. You'd probably sell it for a few tickets for that for people who are interested. And the real players, like the current players, can have a week off. Yeah,
3: it, I mean, did did you wonder why, like, you know, if, if ITV had any complaints about the level of what what our squad was? was put out last night, you know, in terms of the level of reputation or whatever, he, he might look at the fact that, you know, well, the players are being flogged within the rest of their lives and we're getting injuries. And yes, you know, some of it can be blamed at the fact that we, we may have rushed a player or two back too soon. And and, and maybe that is why we're being extra cautious in, in the likes of, if you've seen Darwin's display at Wembley, you were the fourth he was featuring last night and so was like <laughs> giving interview interview in his own... Um, national media and said, you know, he, he felt like he was ready but the, the medical team have held him back and, and Mo Salah seemed to be, you know, looking looking okay. I mean, the less can be said for Trent Alexander-Arnold who looked like he was doing a stone-cold Steve Austin knee-place impression and <laughs> Kersis Jones who looked like he'd give his crutches to Gravenberg because... Yeah, we
0: were trying to let that out he looked like he did, didn't
3: he? Yeah, like, I mean, we must have shares and then protective boots by now.
0: Um,
3: I mean, the kit man must have a, a suitcase full of them protective boots. Um, going We have another
0: coach just to carry all the medical gear, I think. No.
3: Like, it It's ridiculous, but, you know, the, the players are under so much pressure, you know, like to, to play so many games that, you know, it, it, it's, it's highly unlikely that you're going to make it through a season without, you know, many players breaking down. So, you know, the TV companies are just as bad and, you know, the national organisations and whatever, the greed of, of wanting the players in so many different places and competitions is is killing the game. And it does sound like you, you're banging the drum like Klopp often is. And, you know, people will just say he's moaning and whatever, but you then cannot have a go at Klopp for, you know, fielding teams like he had to in the last few days because he literally has no other options. His hands are well and truly tried.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, on top of those national organisations, you've got FIFA saying they want to make it the World Cup every two years, which if they got away with that, you know that UEFA would want to switch the European Championship so they were on the alternate years, the intervening years. And so every summer would be a tournament, a major tournament, that in a lot of ways would become diluted, because instead of being this like, you know, for, the, for all the age i am i am haven't been that many world cups it's like we just on about um however many 29th of februarys you get you know you get as many of them as you get a world cup basically you just um so it, so it makes it more of an more of a thing that you've won the world cup you miss out um you've got four years to wait till the next one and as a player quite often you think you play still pretty much in the prime and then you realize that by the time the next world cup comes around they might be out of the prime by then They might not be part of the squad um so they're trying to devalue it, I think, anyway, by trying to do that. But, you know, I think I'm agreeing with you. Friendlies, mid-season, why do you need them? You don't need them. Um, If you've not got a tournament to play in, organised tournaments. If you've not got an actual tournament, actual qualifying for a real tournament, um, which still annoys me, but I can kind of get why they do them. You don't need the friendlies. Can you imagine? I just can't imagine it. Can you in the league that Klopp sort of says, you know, as as a word with like... um, I don't know any other manager in the division, and says, "Why don't we have a friendly?" You know, or as a word we like, I ask or someone, and says, um, "Let's do a friendly because I want to just try a few things out. I want to try a few different players. I don't want to risk it in a real game though, so I just want to try it out in a friendly. Like it just doesn't happen. You've got pre-season, which isn't about trying things out as much as it is about getting players fit. A little bit about trying things out, but most of it is just about getting players fit and pr- preparation for the full season." After that, if you want to try things out, you try it out in a real game that matters, that you could lose points from or you could go out of a competition from. Um, if international managers aren't capable of doing that, they shouldn't be international managers, so it's just time to bin the friendlies. And if if that means that players get arrested, so be it, because it's not going to do them any harm. The other thing as well, TV companies quickly, um clop always saying to them about making us play at half 12 when we've just had a game earlier on in the week. I mean, there's just so little amount of time to prep for that, so little time to recover. Even, that's another reason why we did so well on Wednesday um, in the FA Cup against Southampton, that, you know, we'd got back, I'm guessing early hours of Monday morning, maybe quite late on Monday, Um I think Klopp said he didn't even have any time to train properly with them to go through anything. So everything, all the training, all the prep for the Wednesday game was basically sort of theoretical, um, you know, talking to about it to them rather than showing them on the training field. So um, the games are really tight and then we keep getting these half-twelve games on a weekend that makes it even worse. Um, it gets to a point for the players to get through, they're going to end up yeah, you I know, can just imagine it's going to get to a stage where they start having to take performance-enhancing drugs. Um, the reason I'm mentioning that, I don't know if you've seen it. Paul Pogba's been um, banned from football for four years. Um,
2: his, I mean,
3: as he? Is that including it, the last three
0: or four years he's not played? I don't know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> was that was that a suspended sentence? Yeah, he say,
0: yeah, he says the um, he says the suspension is backdated to when he was charged. But I was, I was, at first I was thought he was going to say it's backdated to include his time with Manchester United.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking. Obviously, I see I seen the news earlier on, but when you reference the fact that you know a World Cup comes around every four years, and you know players might not would be what they used to be in four years' time, and you think <laughs> you know back to. Uh, World Cup when France won it. Um obviously the 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 four year cycle was slightly skewed with the Qatar World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah. Um but you know, when when France won it in what would be five and a half years ago or something like that now, um, you know, he was a five and a half nearly six years, actually he was a key figure for the French national team, you know, yeah. and arguably at the time, you know, was one of the best midfielders in the world, um, when he could be asked. And you think, like, the dramatic fall-off. You know, you had the last World Cup against uh, Argentina and obviously in Qatar and whatever. You know, Pogba weren't really a feature for the French team. You know, there was a new crop of French youngsters that were, were dominating the midfield. And, you know, football careers are short. But this fellow seems to have really taken the mick in terms of, A, maximising his financial gain and profit, but making a, his career at the top as very short as possible. I think, you know, he's probably condensed it all into about two or three years of decent football at Juventus. And, you know, will will, will there be a time when, you know, other players or ex-players may maybe subsequently revealed that there was performance enhancements taking place? Because, you know, there, there would be questions raised um, and eyebrows sort of Carla Ancelotti race in in directions of other teams um, who seemingly recover players a lot faster than others is probably the best way of putting it without opening a huge rabbit hole. Um, If you want to have a look at who we are talking about, just have a look at the fixture list and who we've got after Forest.
0: (laughs) Yes, yeah, we've got to be careful what we say, obviously, but yeah, there's definitely questions and stuff, isn't there? And um, if anything, the way Liverpool's injuries have gone this season, though, the accusation we've had performance decreasing drugs in terms of fitness but um not not but performance wise definitely not there's been some amazing performances from Liverpool but um yeah the injuries we've had to just so many different injuries and I think it just says a lot about how we play you know we play we play our football at 100 miles an hour and you're going to get hurt aren't you if you try running around at 100 miles an hour um also just while we're thinking about transfer windows sort of just mention them um there's nothing to say Liverpool can't spend money this summer, but they've just released the annual financial account. So they go up to last year, to 2023, June end of May, I think it is, uh, May 31st, 2023. Um, we were just having a quick talk about it before we came on, weren't we? That um, The headline on the club website is LFC announces record commercial revenues. Um, and they did the commercial media revenue so commercial revenue went up by twenty five million um but it's kind of been offset because media revenue went down by nineteen million match day went down by seven million there was also a rise in administrative costs wherever they are seventeen million um and in in all the overall revenue remained the same at five hundred and ninety four million which is a hell of a lot of revenue um in a year that's, that's such a lot of money coming in It's crazy money that we don't really understand, but um I think. The reason that we've said, the reason that the media revenue will have fallen and uh, match day revenue would have fallen is because we didn't have a good season. Um, And also, that's in comparison to the year before, when we did have a good season, we made it all the way to Paris and you know we won two trophies and we were basically never off the telly the year after. We didn't have a great season, didn't qualify for the Champions League, didn't get as many games on TV and obviously didn't stay in the Champions League as long. it's definitely not something to panic about, and it's, it's to me, it still sounds like this is a club that's um being run the right way. I mean, we might not always be happy with FSG, they've definitely made mistakes, but I think the the main job we would have asked them to do when they came and if we could have asked them one thing to do, it would have been to make sure that we can stand on our own two feet as a club, and I think we're definitely doing that.
3: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> much things can be said at the bottom, can't it, but... One thing that that can't be knocked is, you know, they, they've dragged us into the 21st century and more in terms of off the field performance. And a lot of people looked with envy at United the, through the 90s and yeah. how they escalated, you know, the the marketing and, and the, the off field commercial aspect of the game. And, and the, they basically went streets ahead of everyone and um, they become their own force. But, but other teams have caught up, other teams have caught up by fair or foul means, but we, we're doing it in a, in an organic, proper way. Um, you know, and you you would argue that we we've always been a huge team worldwide, but we are probably now, you know, one of the top three teams, let's say, if you went around the world and and, and dropped the pool, you know, dropped the Liverpool shirts and where like I'd imagine most people would recognise it. Um yeah. You know, and, and what we're doing and what, what Klopp's done as well, you know, with the team is, you know, it it's one thing having such commercial success off the field, but it goes hand in hand with what you're doing on the field. If you're playing that well, you know, your your commercial entity becomes even bigger. Um one thing I will just pick out from the, the figures and there'll be um no doubt, you know, numerous podcasts across numerous platforms and I imagine Mo Chatteras will probably do a, an in depth money talks on AI which you know, usually goes on for about an hour and a half, but it's an hour and a half of very good listening. So if, if that drops in the next week or so, um, I'll be listening to that and I'd, I'd advise others to do that too. Um the LFC um foundation has in, increased its support by forty seven percent over that time period from supporting eighty three thousand people to one hundred and twenty two thousand and the charity contributed 5 million into the local economy which obviously is is class of the Liverpool city region
1: mm-hmm.
3: and le- delivered more than 32 million in health benefits over the 12 month period for every pound spent lfc foundation created a social value return of 13 so you know often mocked by all oh, those of the blue persuasion that they're the people's club you know we do our fair bit we 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 do look after the community we do you know, help those on our own doorstep as much as people tend to overlook it. We, we are contributing and helping um, to those in, in a less fortunate position. And you know, credit has to really go to the club and the LFC Foundation for for that support and help that they give to people in and we, and around the city.
0: And we attract the people into the city because they want to watch us. Like, I mean, Everton fans are like they they think it's like a badge of honour that. There's only Everton fans are only the people who live in Everton. Well, in in Liverpool, um, in certain even sometimes certain parts of Liverpool uh, and North Wales, um, you know they think that's a badge of honour to be only liked by locals. But we are loved by locals, but we're loved by people from all around the world. And we've said so many times we we're just glad we're fortunate enough to have been born on the doorstep and and to be right, you know, in Liverpool. You know, we we can get to games and stuff. There's no issue with travelling and things like that. Um. But the thing is, everyone who comes to a game that's from further afield—they're the people who bring bringing money into the economy. And it's not all going in the club shop. There's plenty of them who are willing to help out and give money to to good causes in the area, aren't there? So you know, oh yeah, it I don't mean, be negative. It, it,
3: where would they be without us? Is 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 probably yeah. the best. It's probably the best way to sum that up. If, if as much as the Mock and you know the the dig and Sutton, like they would be, they'd be nothing without us. And and that's not being big headed like. We, we, we are, we are the bigger brother um, in in this city. You know, we're 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 the one bringing more eyeballs. Is, is probably the best way to say it. And you know, I think they they just need to focus on their own business. And if that's just staying in the league by by fair means or foul, again, um, I suppose you know as long as they've got two cup finals a season with one left to play against us, then then that'll be all they can focus on for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, I think also on the, also on the finances, there was, um, you know, an amazing figure. You spotted the Liverpool of the first club in the Premier League to reach 8 million YouTube subscribers, which is, uh, it's crazy. They've got over 40 million on both Instagram and Facebook. No mention of X because I don't think anyone cares about X the way they used to now. Um, 173 million cumulative social followers across its men's and women's social media channels. There's so, so, I mean, there's so much in here. I mean, there's also the reminder that the, new stand work is going to have a positive impact soon on attendances and match day revenue because more people can come in we're going to, we're already seeing that being filled up now so you know that's going to start making a difference as the time goes on um and the summary was how many fans that liverpool have it was seven so like an average broadcast audience per season of more than 724 million which you know even divide that out by how many games are on tv the grounds never going to be big enough is it
3: no, it it it's 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 just crazy levels of maths to
0: try and figure yeah. out.
3: Um I, I think, you know, I, what it does say is it it's we're a big, 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 big club. You know, bigger than yeah. most.
0: Yeah. And um not we're not a little club. You know, we and Everton don't think of themselves as a little club. I'm not having a go. They're just not as big <laughs> as us.
3: Um, no, sorry, I was on mute there. Um, no, we're, as I say, we're, we're, we're the big boys in the city. Um, we, we we run the River Mersey. They they can play in their pond, can't they? Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Um, I mean, they're going to be right near a pond, but it's going to be the Mersey. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, I think we'll probably leave it there we've had plenty to talk about as we expected we've not even had a chance to talk about the next game but i think it's good just to have a look back and reflect in the glory of the last few days especially last weekend um it just feels like everything's rosy when i don't know someone had said to me at the start of the season that you're going to do a podcast in the middle of feb or at the end of feb um when you've got like 14 first team players missing or whatever the figure is you might be more of lost track um you know, I'd, have been, I'd have been thinking that's not doesn't sound good does it these are going to be some miserable podcasts. these but it was exactly the opposite um, I think I tweeted the other day oh it must have been last night what a time to be a Red I, it is it's an amazing time to be a Red as we've said before we're always supportive of this club whatever's going on good and bad um, support support the club through the bad times help the club through the bad times and then you know, when it's the good times, the clubs are carrying us through and, you know, just great. Whatever's going on in your life, you've got this now to look at and enjoy the game, enjoy the football and enjoy whatever's coming next. Obviously, plenty more games to play, Um, back to league stuff, back to Europa stuff. Still got an FA Cup match ahead against Manchester United, but that's all in the future. Um, I think we've got plenty to enjoy for now, which is... um we don't even touch the scratch the surface of all the good things about this last week so um maybe we'll carry some into next week if we remember but as always thanks to jay thanks to you for listening and we will be back soon
1: we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show